Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. to another episode of Aussie Tech Heads, episode 434, and recorded the 23rd of April, 2015. I've said it before and I'll say it again, I can't believe how fast this year is going. It's just April already, and round eight in the footy, jeez. Uh, we are brought to you each week by athwebhosting.com.au, Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. Yes, that's right, web hosting from the gods. <laughs> so nice little shared service. If you ever want some shared hosting space, come across and have a look at us. We, I'm sure we will will be impressive, athwebhosting.com.au and also scopeiteducation.com.au. Come along and uh, let's have some fun. All right, so thanks again for joining us for another episode. Uh, this week, we've just got me and Jace. Hey, Jace, how you doing? Hey, not too bad, Glenn. What's going on? Oh, nothing much. Uh, just, yeah, it's getting a bit chilly, isn't it? I see you. Are you sitting there with a, you had a jumper on? T-shirt. T-shirt. Melbourne, what's going yeah. on down there? Uh, some nights it's free. Actually, in the mornings it's been cold, and the only reason I notice so much is I've just finished four nights of night shift. Ugh. Oh. And um, so you come home, and the house is freezing cold because <laughs> there's obviously no one here to put heaters on or anything. So mm. it's like quick breakfast, and then jump into bed and try and sleep it with the um, electric throw turned on <laughs> to keep me toasty. Nice, yeah. It's uh, yeah, even up here, up here on the Goldie, it just had a bit of a. Just overnight, just changed. I think we're getting like lows overnight and nines. That's crazy. I stuff. think Sydney got reshaped over the weekend, though. Oh, I think most of the New South Wales has, hasn't it? It's uh, yeah. Been My crazy. cousins uh, out in the middle of the bush, and they had a giant tree just miss their house. Um, tech journalist that I know from the internet called um, Alex Kidman had a tree go into his house a couple of days ago, and he's still waiting to find somebody to do something. He said SES had a look. And they said, whoa, that's a big tree. Yeah, no, we can't do anything about that. You need to get your insurance to look at it. Mm. And then they need to pay somebody to come and take it down for you. So he's got a new uh, sunroof in his house that he didn't really want. And, yes. you know, places getting washed away. They had um, video up at Dungog of this guy who was uh, went into the, into the uh, town and uh, into a shop or something. And he was filming the water going down the street and then suddenly a house across the road went for a swim and then another house and another one. So three of them all swam down the road. Yeah, that's Pretty crazy. Um, that is crazy. Yeah, that's... They said anywhere else in the world it would have been classified as like a um, tornado or something from the amount of wind and rain and everything, but not here. No. No, well, it's yeah, it has been pretty bad. So I hope everyone's uh, staying dry and staying out of all those those flooded streets and everything. Oh, geez, it's been pretty crazy. Yeah, a few drowned. Look, don't go after your dog. If dogs can swim pretty well, probably a
Yes. All right. So let's get into some uh, tech news. This is what it's all about, isn't it? It's just we uh, go through the news of the the week and see what's coming coming up or has happened that might interest you. It's interested us, so it might interest you too. Uh, look, the first one where this is where I want to start this week. Now, eBay for a little while, all the you know eBay and all these online shops. I think they've been a bit of a thorn in the ATO in the ATO side for a little while. You know, you can stick stuff and sell stuff on eBay. And is there any compliance? Is there any you know? Does the tax office know about all this sort of stuff? Well, perhaps not, but in the future, perhaps yes. The Australian tax office has enlisted the help of eBay in its hunt to catch tax cheats commencing a data matching program with a number of online market operators. eBay will be among a number of web merchants asked to hand over records of thousands of Australians selling to the tax of, uh, sellers to the tax office. So the ATO said it will audit up to 40,000 account records linked between 15,000 and 20,000 sellers who sold up to $10,000 worth of product to the year ended 30th of June 2014. Look out. They're coming. The, the tax office is coming. It, dun, dun, dun. Oh, I know. Um, but that's what the government does. They they match all over the place, and I suppose this uh, is... Not a, unless you're a multi-billion dollar company, then don't worry about tax. Hey, eh? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, it will data match its own data holdings. It will match the data with its own data holdings to identify sellers not complying with taxation law. The data collected will include sellers' accounts, business and personal names and identification, phone numbers, dates of birth, email addresses, number of annual and monthly sales transaction, and the value and number of annual and monthly sales transaction, amongst other things. Jeez, they're going in hard. They are hard. Look, I've got got the eBay logo there, right there. Nice. Uh, yeah. So look, look. Every just about everything you buy on eBay, you never get a tax invoice, do you? Even if it comes from Australia. So no. I, I, <laughs> I suppose I can see why they're getting their, you know, their knickers in a knot. Uh, and also, you know, most of the people that do sell on eBay probably don't need a uh, a, a register for GST because I think it's you've got to have a turnover of about eighty thousand these days. Yeah, um, something like that. Yeah, before you can even jump onto the GST bandwagon, or you know forcefully get put onto the GST bandwagon. But uh, I don't know. That's the way it goes. They match everything. They match uh, oh, they match schools. They match tax declaration forms. Match everything. So you yep. can't get away from Big Brother. No. <laughs> no. No way. All right. So, um, yeah. So I hear you ask, what's happened to the other guys this week? I heard that little question in the back of, in back of the room. There. Hey, Glenn, what's happened to the other guys this week? I was wondering about that. Well, I'm glad you asked because I'll tell you. Uh, now, Will, what is going on, Will? He still hasn't got a – is his computer going, but it's just not Skype. So um, Yeah, I, he said um, – I was talking to him tonight and he said um, the computer works fine 100%. As soon as he installs Skype, he doesn't even have to start Skype. It fiddles around with some driver or something. His computer just starts crashing out. He can just uninstall Skype and it reverses. It puts it all back to normal. So he's decided to go, dun, 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 Linux Mint. Oh, and so take Windows off. Windows is completely gone at the moment. He's installed Linux Mint. He's just working out the video drivers for that because uh, that can be a bit tricky since there's no commercially available video drivers usually 
Uh, he's got ATI, so he should be okay because NVIDIA is always difficult to reverse engineer. But once he's got that, um, he should be able to get everything else going. Then he'll, I think he's going to dual boot into Windows for some things after that, but mostly live in the Linux world from now on. Mm. All right. And I can see, actually, just from talking to for those on video, we're also getting a little, what's that thing saying down the bottom there? Low bandwidth. I think uh, there's uh, Rennie in the chat room. Remember Rennie? He was on not too long ago. He's in the mm -hmm. chat room tonight in the lounge, and he's saying that his internet has, has slowed markedly of an evening thanks to he's putting it down to uh, Netflix. And now, yes, and uh, we've got slow internet as well here, so who knows? Are you on cable down there or ADSL still? Me, ADSL too. All right. You know yeah. what? Cable is in the street that's perpendicular at the end of this one where my ex is. Mm. It's got Optus cable, so as soon as I moved into this area, I was like, yeah, cable, okay, ring up Optus, where's my cable here? It's down the other end of that street. It's not actually on yours. I'm like, dude, you just turned the corner yeah, and it's like it's so close. 300 metres up this way. No, so, it's down there. Oh, that's Will, like Will, I think he's got the NBN to a, you know, a couple of hundred metres up the road from his house, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Poor Will. But uh, Will, uh, Jace was saying just before the show something about the life cam drivers it might be that microsoft life cam drivers playing havoc. i asked him about that but uh, he said he had he got rid of the life cam a while ago sent it back because it never worked so i'm mm. thinking there's got to be some sort of thing that skype's doing with camera drivers would have to be well, yeah. we managed to do a bit of a test the other night with um, google hangouts and it's still got problems with uh, voice out of sync with the um, video and stuff like that but it worked and it didn't crash so it's definitely Skype is doing something to him. He's like Windows, Microsoft Skype, Microsoft Windows, Microsoft cameras and stuff, and it just you know doesn't happen too much. Microsoft, I think it's overloaded the computer. We might have to have an intervention, Jace. Yep. Well, I think, we'll, <laughs> I think so. Here, right there. <laughs> we'll go up and we'll intervene, and we'll see what's going on. But yeah, look, I can sympathise with that. Like a cup, I think I've tried a Microsoft camera at some stage, and I didn't like it. I, I My think, Logitech's awesome. Yeah, I'm Logitech all the way. I had, I think I tried Microsoft uh, mouse and keyboard and I didn't like it. Uh, main I've got this little thing. This is lovely. You've got uh, ergonomic keyboard oh, and yeah. uh, Microsoft wireless blue mouse. Oh, nice. Works yes. really well. I, you know, keyboards, I don't care about cables because they don't move, but your mouse is moving everywhere all the time. That's right. You want to drag the cable over here and over there and they get twisted and stuff. So I'm like, that yeah. one has got a... I'll just bring this one up. It's got a nice little dock there that has a cable on it. You can dock it into to charge overnight. Oh, now that's good. That's why I got rid of my – look, I had a Microsoft mouse oh, not too – oh, yeah, a little while ago now. I think it only lasted about three months because I kept putting batteries in it. And yeah, then, this one I've had for, I don't know, five years or something, and probably after a couple of years, the batteries lose their rechargeability a bit, so you just put in some new rechargeables and away you go again. Yeah, well, I've got the Logitech mouse – now, just a yep. normal sort of thing, you know, uh, and a cordless one and a wide keyboard. But the, this cordless thing, like every the batteries last like must two months at least. So yeah. it must have yeah. a really good sleep mode or something. Yeah, they do. Yeah, that's yeah. why it's good. You know, you get the one with the dock and you dock it overnight to recharge. Now that is another good idea. Yes, I might look into that next time I'm in the market for a uh, a mouse. A moose. A moose. And uh, Eric is... I hate mooses to pieces. Uh, who said that? I hate mooses to pieces. I forget who said that. I think of it. Not Tom and Jerry, but... No, it wasn't um, It wasn't Sylvester, was it? No. No? I'll remember. I remember in the through the show. 
Uh, now, Eric is... Pixie and Dixie and Mr. Jinx. That might have been it. Mr. Jinx was the one who said it. Yeah, right. That's going back a bit. Remember that cartoon, Grape Ape? Yeah. How good was that? You don't see that anymore. I like the no. YouTube, that. Our think... favourite one was Captain Caveman. Oh, yeah. That was on Dad, in the Scooby-Doo show. like doing that one all the time. <laughs> was that on in the Scooby-Doo show? No, he was from um, the the race one where they had the racing cars and it had Penelope Pit Stop and and um, what's his name? And Muttley, the dog that goes. <laughs> oh, yes. Big Dastardly and Muttley. Oh, look, I've got the. Uh... Wacky Races. That's it. Oh, look what I found. I found something. Here you go. Biggity biggle. Yep, that's me. Yeah, alright, cool. A lot of words at the uh, starting intro there, wasn't there? <laughs> no wonder I liked it. I, I was yep. singing it all day. All right. Uh, now, where was I? Eric, yeah, he's not in tonight either, in this week either. He's, um, I don't know, he, he wrote a little note and said he couldn't make it. And uh, Shane, as as last week, hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we'll catch up with those guys soon. All right. Now, Jace, what's interest you this week? Alrighty, well, let's start off with the old Netflix because I love it so much and I talk about it every week. So <laughs> if you haven't got Netflix, why not? There's no excuse anymore, people. That's right. Netflix's biggest rival isn't Presto or Stan, it's piracy. And that's why we are paying less than a lot of other countries around the world for access to the service. According to Netflix CFO David Wells, a country's piracy rate is a significant factor when determining the pricing model for the new markets. In Australia, pricing for the service starts at $8.99 a month for a basic package, while when converted to AUD, Netflix starts at $10.25 in the US and $11.50 in the UK. So what you got to complain about, Australia? Mm. Well, I, is, yeah, mm. sorry, keep going. Netflix has always been open about how it feels about piracy, acknowledging it's better to offer a service that is better than the pirating option at an affordable price rather than trying to unsuccessfully bring piracy down. Pricing is not the only area Netflix looks to piracy for guidance. Oh, pricing is not the only area Netflix looks to piracy for guidance. The company also looks at piracy figures to determine what shows to commission for certain countries to give users exactly what they want. Right. Be- beating piracy at its own game. Australia has the highest rates of piracy per capita than anywhere else in the world. So for Netflix, it's a big concern. But Netflix CEO Reed Hastings has told us last month that he believes his service will be the solution. In Canada, lots of people torrented, but since we launched, the rate has dropped dramatically. It's not zero, but it's significantly less. Australians might see a price rise in the future, however, with Optus today suggesting it might begin charging streaming services to ensure quality streams delivered to customers, according to Fairfax Media. Netflix is already taking a big toll on Australian internet bandwidth, with IINet revealing this morning that the service now accounts for 25% of the ISP's internet traffic, up from 3% before Netflix's official launch. So, so they're going to have the same problem that they do in the US where the companies are like, well, if you want to watch Netflix in HD or 4K, you're going to have to pay a lot more for your internet now. Yes. Yeah, I, I can see where that's going. But I also can see that it's just going to – they're going to create – they're not going to stamp out the piracy 
Like because no. that's the same with the uh, government going, oh, let's put on a Netflix tax. That way we can make a ton of money and send everybody back to piracy, and which yeah. is what Netflix is trying to help stop. To avoid, yeah, that's right. But it'll, I don't know what the answer is, and I'm glad I'm not in the in that in that line of work because it would be a headache, wouldn't it? Because um, exactly. yeah, so it obviously is a headache. Because there was a I had a little story here as well, just leading on to that from IINet. Now where was it? Where did that go? Because I thought it would. Uh, slip in there not quite easy is the dallas buyers club so obviously we've heard about about this it's been around for quite a little while now for the high court and everything but in this week's directional hearing council for the dallas buyers club argued for iinet to hand over the customer details before the may the 6th so that's uh two days after world national star wars day uh, before any draft letter had been submitted. So the Dallas Buyers Club lawyers said the rights holder would submit a draft template for the com- communication it proposed to send to alleged copyright infringers before the 6th of May. Justice Param said the Dallas Buyers Club should be required to pay a $275,000 security for costs before IINet and the other ISPs hand over the user details because otherwise the company might just go to the airport what what do they what do you think what do you think the judgment was meaning there so he said the Dallas Buyers Club hand over your 275,000 because we think you're going to skip out guess but, so well I guess but they've already won the I don't know I don't get it and that's a bit crazy but anyway that's what's going on so look if if you've downloaded that Dallas Buyers Club geez wouldn't you be a bit scared a bit worried I know right I stopped that kind of torrenting stuff years ago. Yeah. Yes, yes. Just move to, move to the next stage. Netflix. Netflix, that's right. Pay for it. Oh, I know. Look, I've been waiting to see. If uh, you don't pay for it, you'll end up paying for it. Yes, yes. And if you don't pay for it, shows aren't going to get made. I, uh, I uh, looked at, I'm waiting for that American Sniper to come out. Oh, is that I'd, a good one? I, have you seen it? No, I haven't heard of it. Oh, everyone's telling me it's the best. Yeah. Oh, ah. Surprised you haven't heard of it. No. Nope. Yeah, it's a it's about some marine or whatever he is, and he, he's a sniper over in Iraq, and I suppose his day-to-day challenges that he faces and conundrums and all this. But, uh, yeah, look, I it's on. I looked up on the Apple TV, and it's, you know, you can, it's not there yet. And I looked up on the T-Box, not there yet. And, yes, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. I'm just have to go and wait. I'm going to wait. It's not yep. on Foxtel. I'm just waiting. And uh, not going somebody anywhere. will buy it and make an exclusive and then screw everybody else over. Don't worry. Yeah, someone will pirate it soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be all over the show. Um, all right. What? Uh, oh, well, my turn, I suppose. Uh, let's yeah, go. Okay. Let's go. Oh, look, Apple Watch. How can we forget the Apple Watch? Poor <laughs> little Apple Watch. It's coming out. I think it's the delivery's tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, uh, which is Friday, Yay. Friday the twenty fourth. So, uh, not uh, even our big Apple fanboy. It's going to get one that says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, he, he may change his mind, uh, Eric. He may change his mind, but I'm probably at this stage. I'm... I didn't say any names. I didn't say any names. No, well, you know. <laughs> I know the guys on the Aussie Max Zone are all, all uh, bought and paid for. So that's yep. that's good. The, uh, Jace and Garth. Oh, how good was it here, you Garth? You mean the Bay? people are bought and, ba- bought and paid for to give good reviews, or you're saying they've bought and paid for their watch? Bought and paid <laughs> for their watch. 
don't, ah, right. yeah, I don't think Apple does that, do they? So, um, yeah, so all the boys on the Aussie Mac Zone have got, uh, ordered their watches. They should all be getting theirs tomorrow, lucky little things. So according to the latest estimates, pre-orders for the Apple Watch have surpassed 2.3 million. I don't know, is that a, is that a big number? Mm, don't know. Sounds like a good start anyway. Well, it's a good start. But 2.3 million, they're, what, there's how many million in the US? 300 or something? Yeah, so, see, my problem is because it's locked to Apple, I'm Android, so mm. no good. The good well, thing about the Pebble is you can use it on anything. Yeah, but I just thought it's just not, for me, it just doesn't do enough yet. I was hoping it would come out with more, you know, maybe, I don't know, the heartbeat monitor or something and just... Oh, you get one for you and one for your wife and then you can draw little pictures on there and send her a little love heart or I love you, honey, or what are you wearing right now? Yeah, that's nice, isn't it? And you can send your heartbeat to hers. Oh, and you could... So it's got sensors on there and it detects the pulse in your arm and her watch starts vibrating at the same Oh, beats yes. as your heart is going, isn't it oh, wonderful? Oh yes, so you, you could you could sync your heartbeats and beat in unison. How extraordinarily romantic! Evernote is bringing its note-taking and archiving platform to the Apple Watch. With the app, users will be able to dictate a note, view recent notes, set reminders, and check items off a to-do list. Yippee! Uh, that'd be good, but like, how small is this? This is the problem. How small is the writing? Microsoft on the Apple Watch PowerPoint helper. Microsoft Office makes it to the Apple Watch with a handy feature that turns the watch into a navigation tool for PowerPoint presentations. Yippee! <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the PowerPoint app for the Apple Watch, Microsoft wrote in its iOS app descriptions, users can start a slideshow and easily navigate to the next or previous slides as well as, at a glance, see the elapsed time, the current slide number and tool number of and total number of slides. Wow. Invoice to go. Wrist watch friendly app that helps keep tabs on time. With invoice to go, Apple's what Apple Watch app uses not only keep tabs on when they arrive and depart from a job site, but can send invoices and receive alerts when Apple when invoices have been paid. Yippee! <laughs> <laughs> I get it, eh? And Uber, maybe, maybe Uber is making it to the Apple Watch with the Uber app. The company has said users will be able to request a car, track its arrival on a map, and display a photo of the driver. Mm. And do it all on the on the phone. And stop and stop ringing me because I don't have a cab for you. You still getting those? <sighs> Constantly. <laughs> you should just. They go. even come onto the website and do it from a live chat. <laughs> <laughs> and and they come from India, Indonesia, uh, China, England, Spain. Should just say, Hi, I want the cab, please. Hang tight. We'll be there. We've got a car in your area. We'll be there in ten minutes. Hang tight. And see. Give us I'm... your credit card number first. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that's what that's what's going on there with the Apple Watch. Look, I had all these photos ready to go. And then my little app crashed, and I can't and I can't show them on the on the screen tonight. Oh, yeah, I know. So I got to show them as part of my show notes. So apologies for that. They should be nice, nice images. I spent a lot of time today, and this is what I get: problems. <laughs> anyway, <Yep. laughs> that's that's just not worth spending the time. There's always problems. Now, look, keeping with the Apple theme for now, uh, from a positive story. Uh, an exciting story to maybe not such an exciting story. The Apple Pro Stain Gate. Have you heard of the Stain Gate, Jase? Dun, dun, dun. No. I haven't heard of Stain Gate. Well, it's a, it's a site. It's called stangate.org. 
So everything's a gate. Oh, come on, no. come up with something new, people. <laughs> so <sighs> staingate.org. One user reported on Apple support forums weird stains appearing on the MacBook Pro with Retina display screen. From there, it snowballed into a 42... 42- yeah, stains and snowballs. <laughs> I tell you what, websites to keep off, people. <laughs> Make sure you got your antivirus up to date. Exactly. Uh, he snowballed into a 42-page thread with over 600 reply- replies. More and more users have come forward about their MacBook display, Retina, or otherwise receiving similar perplexing stains. Now, users have determined the issue to be a result of the anti-reflective coating applied to MacBook Pro screens, stripping itself away. Some have po- have postulated its cause as acidic excretions from the skin. This is getting worse. <laughs> Why don't they call right. it Monica Lewinsky Gate? Come on. Yes, it's. Uh, you maybe you were right, but some have postulated its cause as acidic excretions from the skin contaminating the keyboard and MacBook chassis. Their reasoning, a large amount of the stains appear to be in the middle or upper edges of the display in a pattern. Now you can purchase Apple gloves. Oh, you're kidding. Wouldn't that be a market? Yeah. Apple gloves to prevent the stains, right? If it's coming because your hands are touching it, if you don't touch it, it's not the product's fault if you touch it and suddenly it gets stained. So... Wear gloves. That's right. It could be a way out. But Practice yeah. safe typing. <laughs> but some of the images that I've seen, now you probably can't see those images, Jace, but some of the images that are coming, yeah, you can see like a scratched pattern of the keyboard on the yep. screen. And it's uh, it'd be pretty disturbing if you've actually had that happen to you. Apple uh, ha- Apple's stance on the matter certainly hasn't been that supportive with Staingate.org stating Apple won't cover the cost of replacement due to it being cosmetic damage, which is not covered by the warranty. So there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, so I wonder how many people... Apparently, there's, there's only like the figures or the figures reported at the, on this site are only like 1,700 people. People have reported the problem, so it's not like a massive problem. I think that when the well, there was a problem recently before with the apples, the the, the laptops. You're still holding it wrong. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's right. That's with the iPhone four, wasn't it? And the antenna, antenna gate. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, was antenna gate. They got a lot of lot of gates over there, haven't they? Bill's one of another one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Okay, well, let 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 me tell you about our Facebook page. Now, if you've been looking at it lately, you'll see a couple of posts every now and then uh, from free apps of the day, free iOS apps of the day anyway, and Jace puts up the Android apps when there's one that's suitable. Worthwhile, yeah. That's right. Some days, like, we've been doing it now for, I don't know, it must be a year at least. And so, obviously, you know, things start to, you know, there's only so many apps that are around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Out of the billions, a billion apps, there's things start to recur. And so, anyway, but anyway, they're free apps of the day. So, normally, you have to pay for them. And some of them, I've seen, can be up to, like, $10, $15. And, uh, but on the day that they appear, that they're free. So, you jump in. Even if you're not going to use it, you just jump in, download. never know when you're going to use it, do you? So you can do that. Uh, so it's facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Eds and uh, go and have some fun there. And also the uh, Aussie Tech Radio. Uh, com. So if you want to go there, AussieTechRadio.com or through your Shoutcast player or TuneIn Radio, just search for Aussie Tech Eds and you will find the our radio station, more or less. And it's a 24-7 tech shows from Australia and New Zealand. You've got uh, shows like Ozdroid, Two 
Blokes Talk and Tech, the Tech Webcast. Um, there's Geek Sphere. There's uh, there's a heap of others. They just, they just keep rotating and new shows every Couple Friday. Old farts. Oh, yes, Jace, take it away. Two was it two old farts talking tech? Something like that. <laughs> old fart geeks and uh Obsidian Loft Minecraft. That's right. And those those uh those pod two podcasts come out when uh Skype's working for Will. <laughs> yes, that's right. We would have had one uh this week for the old farts, but once he's all up and going, we'll do another one of those. You might have to is there any reason why you've gone to Skype and moved to because you were doing hangouts? Is there a no, no good. we haven't done – Hangouts has never worked very well because the audio and video are always out of sync when you're recording it. So oh, that's game. we did use that Zoom one the same as we were using with you for a while, but it turned out to be bad. I think we've all tried, you know, maybe yeah. half a dozen and Skype's the best of the yes. worst bunch, I guess you could say. <laughs> it's funny how you sort of just you, – you keep going back to past past loves, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you should go back to like – I remember, you know, it might be time when Skype starts playing up too much for me, I might go back to Uvo or some, Uvu or something, you know. Yeah. There's, just not, there's just heaps of them out there. And, yeah, just uh, you just got to find one that will continue to work for you. But Skype's been pretty good of late, of late. I I know I I turned the Who said that? You're looking a bit blue to me. Are you <laughs> part of the blue man group? Yeah, I could be. But look, I turned Skype on the other night uh to do the Aussie Mac zone and lo and behold, an ad slid in from the side of our group chat. <laughs> and it took up the whole side of the Skype. <laughs> and I went, That's no good. But luckily uh Michael was on the ball and he uh you just gotta block apps.skype.com in the restricted internet sites in the Internet Explorer and those ads just go away. <laughs> so that's easy. That's easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've got a story coming up later about ad block and they've just been in court as well. People don't like them either. Publishers don't like them. I'll tell you that story soon. But uh, look, while we're, while we're here just having a bit of a bit of a chat, let me tell you about the IT... No, it's not. It's the Scope Education... What is it? Scope IT Education. There we go. There we go. .com.au. Now, you've heard me talk about it before, and it's a great, great if you want to get into, if you're thinking about how do I make some money, and you're, you're thinking along those lines, and you're looking for a franchise to jump into, these guys, worthwhile checking it out. Do your due diligence, check them out, and see if it fits fits a good fit for you. But kids today are engrossed with technology, often spending excessive hours behind the screens. The guys at Scope IT Education aim to not fight this war. They instead aim to change those hours into productive hours. They turn consumers in the creators. Scope IT Education is a teaching organisation that provides curriculum-based technology training to primary age students. Predominantly, lessons are done within the school system and refined professionally with refined, professionally developed courses that align with and complement current state and national-based outcomes. The course range is vast with classes in introductory coding skills with process-based logical thinking, app development, website design, digital citizenship, Google research, and now even 3D printing, electronics, and robotics. Of course, all these courses are fun, and of course, they're engaging. They carefully combine this with specific outcomes to help shape our children's education for the future, arming them with the technology skills they will need in the world they grow up in tomorrow. If you think this sounds interesting and have friend and have they have franchise business opportunities for anyone feeling that this product sounds intriguing, or if you would like to know more information as a teacher or principal, check out the website at scopeiteducation.com.au. And it's well worth a, a look. And you know, if you've got your kids at school and you think that's a great idea and the school's not doing anything tech tech driven or tech wise, drop them an email. Say, hey, how about we, you know, 
can we um, get someone in here to teach us this? And uh, yeah, take it from there. Easy. Good stuff. Okay, Jace, what else have you got for us tonight, please? Well, about 100 people from various technology startups braved Sydney's wild weather yesterday to hear firsthand from the man who hopes to get a second tilt as treasurer. Opposition Treasury spokesman Chris Bowen took the stage to loud applause with his eyes locked clearly on the prize, telling attendees he hoped to implement policies to boost entrepreneurship when in government. Where we tend and hope to be in less than 18 months' time, Mr Bowen's main objective was to provide assurances to the startup community that they had... They had full backing of Labor's top echelon, including leader Bill Shorten. We want to see Labor and the startup community as natural partners. We all believe in growth jobs and doing things in new and better ways. For Bill and Tanya Plibersek, it's a big focus for us, he said. Uh, said that Mr Bowen said at the offices of startup incubator Blue Chili. Earlier Parliamentary Secretary Opposition Treasury Spokesman Ed Husick said Deputy Leader uh, Jeffrey Leder Labor Tanya Pilbersek was keen to be involved and would attend future startup events. Federal Labor's involvement mirrors the aggressive approach taken by senior members of the bad government, independent MX uh, MP Alex Greenwich, who are familiar faces in the New South Wales startup scene. So I think that's great, get the um, startup scene a bit of a boost because mm. uh, it's been dying a lot in Australia and we need more investment in technology. Well, the startup, startup groups, uh, there's, a, there's a few that I've seen around that are active and it's... Uh you know, they they sort of fund themselves with a bit of a, a bit of commercial backing, but uh, you know they need they probably need a lot more, a bit more of a, a, a direction and a bit more hope at the end of the tunnel, so to speak, and just something that yeah just keeps it keeps it rocking on, rolling over. Because like there's I think there's a uh, oh I'm not sure what what there's one up here. I think it's something to do like Silicon Lakes or something, and they organise startup uh, events. There's been startup events at the Gold Coast. Uh, um, uh, place up here yep. <laughs> what, what's that place called where that comic-con was the, com- the convention center that's right uh, yeah yeah so uh you know the, the, there's a, there's little meets up meetups here and there and all this sort of stuff but yeah that'd be good that's a that's a good idea so let's hope that that turns out uh now talking about that new sort of tech office 365 not that new azure and aws have become the first cloud services on a new australian government certification list The Certified Cloud Services list was published this week and includes Office 365, Azure, AWS, EBS, EC2, S3 and VPC. Now, the certification is awarded by the Australian Signals Directorate and means that cloud services are certified for handling unclassified dissemination limiting markers data. So that's uh, that's probably good. I think AWS, Amazon, they've got their little data centre in Sydney and uh, Microsoft have got a little data centre somewhere, probably Sydney. And, uh, you know, just with the privacy law, I suppose, they've got to get certified so, you know, the data stays in Australia, I guess, so it's not, not replicated around the world and in the hands of possible foreign governments. Mm. That's what that's all about, isn't it? All right. Now, oh, here's, a, here's one. Here's a good one. Now, for those that use uh, Bank with NAB and maybe do your accounting with Zero, the online accounting package, which I'll tell you must be, must be a heap better than – it's got to be better than Myable QuickBooks, hasn't it? I am so – off those two. <laughs> Had enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, look, I'm just off. Look, I know they've got different, more products out now, but I bought them uh, a little, oh, a couple of years ago now. And just the way they, they want to treat you, you, you know what I mean? Like, so I've, I had a problem. Uh, like, like I, my brother, he's got a little shop and he's got the retail manager through my op. It costs two grand. All right. Like two grand. 
And um, and so he one day he turns his computer on, and his little docket printer stops working. But it, it will print from the Windows. It'll do a test print from Windows. It won't print from the software. But mm. you can't you can't talk to these people because they uh, yeah, they answer the phone. They go, well, give us five hundred bucks and we'll talk to you. I mean, <laughs> you know, no. like, like it's just this, and that's been since. Pretty much day one, they just do not want to talk to you about. They just want you to either buy an updated product or or spend money on their care. And you know, like I've got um, problems with the the way that it sends emails. This is the, the my old accounting thing. Uh, it, it it sort of butts heads with Outlook. And uh, and I rang him up when it was in uh, when I was under some care <laughs> when I was under the wing, and they still they couldn't help you. They said, "Oh, yeah. that's a problem with Outlook." You know, well, I think Outlook was around before you guys. So how about you program properly to yep. to, to or or what about an update or a patch? Uh well, you could buy the new version. You know, six hundred bucks. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I hate them. I don't like them at yeah. all. I will never ever my or QuickBooks. I'll never ever go there again. But anyway, zero. The XERO, that's online accounting, which obviously is going to be better. You can, um, one database in the cloud. I think you can, you know, you can start hooking in your iPad with post as a post terminal, one database stock, everything. It's all in one. Anyway, that's beside the point. The National Australia Bank will allow Xero to connect with its API for the first time, meaning Xero users can connect their bank accounts online without waiting for the bank to complete the process. The feature could help. Zero users avoid waiting up to 10 days to have bank feeds connected. Now, according to Zero, NAB users will be able to access this feature via NAB internet banking from May. Zero users will be able to reconcile their invoices, understand tax obligations, and track cash flow in real time with NAB feeds refreshed daily. While other banks offer integrated bank feeds, NAB is the first Australian bank with core API technology linked to Zero's accounting cloud ecosystem. So that sounds pretty, uh, pretty good. I think if you if you had a lot of transactions going on, you know, in and out, and you had to keep you know, reconcile quite regularly, I don't know that'd help you, wouldn't it? It's a go, yep. That's the that's the go. Yeah, you you do any reconciliation at work, or you're just on the help desk? No, mostly help. <laughs> nice. All right. Um, anything else that you got down there, Jace? Yeah, well, um, everybody used...
Newegg is a good so- is a good place, isn't it? Yeah, very popular. Yeah, yeah it's. Uh, I've watched a lot of when I was, you know, looking up uh, some motherboards and all that sort of stuff. I went to the, watch some video reviews, and geez, they must review just about everything. Yeah, well, just about every, <laughs> just about every single product is there. It's that's ah. that's mind blowing. <laughs> uh, Microsoft. <laughs> ah, Microsoft story. Guess what they're doing? They're going to open a store. The new store will be located in Westfield, Sydney, in the city Pitt Street Mall, likely less than 100 metres from the Apple George Street store. (laughs) (laughs) The opening uh, date hasn't been announced yet, though Microsoft stated that they would open by the end of the year. Now, it will be the first flagship store outside of the USA, although Microsoft has has what although microsoft has more than 110 other physical stores just not labeled flagship stores ah. so what's they might have the um, signature pcs that don't have any crapware or anything on them well oh, don't not just clean clean windows and that's it that's it oh. yeah because a lot of the ones you get from hp and things include you know add-on test trial versions of oh, McAfee yes. or nortons that go for 30 days and all that sort of rubbish just mm. fills up your hard drive just so they can sell it a bit cheaper because they get bonuses from them but the signature pcs are just microsoft windows only completely optimized to run for whatever type of thing you want such as games and things but something that i had heard mentioned a lot is that the microsoft stores in the u.s always open either directly across or around the corner from the Apple stores. <laughs> no coincidence. Oh, yeah. Why, why do they seem, well, I suppose, you know, maybe, who knows, who cares? But anyway, that's what they're doing. Microsoft, Microsoft hopes to attract small business owners to the store as well as consumers. The store will host community events, offer training workshops, and support science, technology, engineering, and mathematics education. Uh, stated Microsoft. So there you go. Let's have a look at their store again. There it is. Looks like an Apple store, but just with Microsoft stuff. So it is the Samsung ones. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's the you know why, why are they going to waste a hundred hundred million on marketing when Apple's already done it? Might as well. Might as well. You know, someone else has already done all the research. That's and everything, right. So. Well, when you're going to build a web page, you go and look for something similar, don't you? You go, oh yeah, I like that one. I'll build it something similar to that. <laughs> that's excellent. Now, AdBlock. Do you use AdBlock or an AdBlock? Love it. You do? Adblock you love it? AdBlock best thing ever. Well, they've been in, in Germany. They've been in the court because the uh, certain publishers, uh, this looks like, I don't have the name here, but anyway, publishers don't like it. The creator of the software that stops adverts from appearing on websites has defeated two news publishers that wanted to prevent its tech being used on their pages. So the, uh, the owners of Germany, Dizit and Hansel Blatt, had claimed that Adblock Plus's product was anti-competitive and threatened the ability to, their ability to make money. But a high court in Hamburg ruled that users do have the right to use the plug-in. Well, I'm with them. Why, yep. why wouldn't you have a right to do whatever you wanted on your own computer? That's right, yeah. Like... I think and support the guy who did it. You see, when you install AdBlock Plus, he said, I quit my job just to concentrate on making AdBlock better, so I appreciate a couple of donations, please. All right. So do you think he's making a living out of it? He must be making enough, yeah, but I wouldn't say he's, you know, cashing it in or anything, but mm. he'd probably make just enough to be able to survive without another job. But can you see in any way why you, as a publisher, how you could be upset? Well, I know you'd be upset about it, but I mean... 
the way, the way that they it? make like, money is either you put up a paywall and charge people to go in or you make it free and put a ton of ads up there. So, Yeah, but if it's on your computer, you should have the right to do whatever you want. You could put a, bit, so, of, yeah. you could put a bit of cardboard down the side of your screen if you didn't want to see the ads. Like, you're able yep. to do this, sure. <laughs> I just don't understand the, the idea behind it. I suppose I had to test it in court, see what would happen. But yep. anyway, I'm glad it's been defeated. That's just a nonsense sort of a... A suit, isn't it? Right, I believe that's just nonsense. That's yeah, you should be able to install whatever plugin you want, even one that turns all pictures on the internet of Tony Abbott into cat pictures. Yeah, it's a great one. <laughs> but I think I think you've just got to realise that web pages, although the content on them could be copyrighted, but essentially they're they're public. It's a public yep. thing, so you do what you want with them. Like with the with a newspaper, if you don't want to read the ads, well you don't go to that page or whatever. No, so you're, you're blocking the ads, you're manually blocking the ads by, oh, whatever. But anyway, I couldn't... I, the I, problem with the uh, newspapers and that is the, the ads are sold based on potential viewers because nobody ever can have any way of guaranteeing how many people are actually going to read anything. So they always base it on potentially who might watch it. Mm, that's right. Uh, all right, so let's go. Oh, look at this one here. We've got a. Oh, do I do that one now? I'll wait till I'll, I'll leave that one. It's a funny one till the end. Yep. Uh, we've got <laughs> we've got a uh, n- another story from overseas here. But FM radio switch off, switch mm. off in Norway. The government has announced there are. This is in Norway. Okay, don't get too excited. It's not in Australia. The government has announced there are currently 22 national digital radio stations broadcasting and there is space on the digital platform for further 20. There are only five national outlets broadcasting on FM, uh, it said. The Norwegian Ministry of Culture estimates that digitising national radio output would result in savings of 200 million krone, or which equates to about 25 million a year. The uh, cost of transmitting national radio channels through the FM network is eight times higher than with the DAB network, it said. This is partly because the DAB transmitters are more power efficient. So over in Sweden, National Auditor Margarita Aberg has advised the Swedish Minister of Culture to retain the FM network. So um, I didn't think FM channels are, you know, are in the firing line. But they, Guess they must they be. They must be, Yeah. Well, Everybody I've, moved from AM years ago. <laughs> now it's okay. Yeah, but we still got. Have you got AM channels in Melbourne? Probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Who listens to the radio much? <laughs> I've just. I always have just the old Goldies one that's called Gold FM here, and it just has the seventies and eighties kind of music. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of AM ones up here. I think we've still got uh, six twelve ABC. Maybe it's John Laws. Oh no, he's moved on. He's moved to FM. Doesn't his voice sound better on AM radio? No. FM, you got it in two ears. Stereo. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stereo lawsy. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, there's a, uh, there's a station I don't mind. It's got a couple of those oldie goldie songs on it. And it was on AM and it sounded poxy. So I thought, oh, let me see if there's an FM, like, retransmission or FM, uh, whatever you want to call it, you know, retransmission of it. Uh, but there wasn't. I thought, who, it should who? all just be internet radio now. And, you know, when I'm in the office doing these overnight shifts, it's so quiet and not too much to do. So I just go to iHeartRadio and stream my local station there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I do think. You need, what do you need band waves for? There's tons of 4G and 3G all about. Yeah. Well, yeah that's right. So FM, it must be a dying thing as well. So yeah. once it kicks off somewhere, I'm sure all the governments around the world are going to go, ooh, 
They should go Bandwidth. to like uh, satellite radio, like they did in the US. Mm. But have you ever have you you'd get the uh, dab in Melbourne? Probably, if, yeah. If probably. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, I just listen to one station, and my car's only got AM FM radio. So yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's the, that's the way of the world. I'm not going to pay a hundred dollars for another radio just to listen to occasionally in the car. When I'm at home, I don't listen to any radio. So. No, I oh, know when I bought my car radio, I was spewing. I I couldn't buy one without a CD player because I didn't want to. Like I thought, well, if I could find one without it, I might, must save fifty bucks. But couldn't yeah. buy. It. No, well, mine's got um, CD player radio in it. But the problem is because it's a molded radio that fits into that particular dash. You can't take it out and just plug in another one. If you want right. to upgrade, you have to replace the whole center bit and they've got a mm. faceplate that you can buy that'll put standard radios in. Right. This one is molded into the dash. Oh, yeah. Yuck. How thoughtless of them. <laughs> yep. It doesn't have any auxiliary inputs anything either, so you can't just plug in your iPod or something. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's no good. Or I- a USB. Yeah, I put a. I bought a new one for my car, and it, yeah, it's uh, Bluetooth. So yeah, it just goes off the phone. So it's great. Love it, love it. Uh, what else you got, Jace? Anything else? Well, did you know Google is now a mobile carrier with the announcements of its new Project Fi service available available exclusively to owners of Google's Nexus Six phone. Project Fi is a radical departure from the kind of wireless plans offered by leading carriers like AT and T and Verizon. Unlike a standard plan which charges you a flat rate for a set amount of data, even if you don't use all of it, Google's plan will charge you only for the data you use and pay back for any that you don't use. <gasps> Say, for example, you purchase a 2-gig monthly plan for $20. If you only use 1.6 gig of the data, Google will reimburse you $4. Use only 0.4 of the data and you'll get $16 back. In addition to data, Project 5 provides unlimited talk and text, Unlimited international text and coverage in more than 120 countries. The base that base level of service costs twenty dollars a month, and you can add the data plan for ten gig per month after that. And unlike most wireless plans, it charges the same amount for data overseas as it does in the US. Google will also let you use your phone as a Wi-Fi hotspot at no extra charge. Nice. Beyond offering a new way to pay for your data, Project Fi has a unique way of connecting you to the web. Rather than using a single carrier network, Project Fi uses two, Sprint and T-Mobile. So if you're riding the bus on your way to work and your 4G LTE connection with Sprint starts to slow down and there's a faster T-Mobile signal available, Project Fi will automatically switch you over to T-Mobile's network to ensure you always have the best possible connection. If your Sprint and T-Mobile connections are both running slow, Project Fi will move you over to one of more than a million free open Wi-Fi hotspots to get your data. And while you're connected to the hotspots, Project Fi automatically encrypts your information to ensure it remains private. Wow. That's, that's amazing. A, that's going off, isn't it? I know, right? Yeah. I would love that. You know, you have you have just join onto one thing. It mm. works on Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, whoever's network happens to give you the best signal. Yeah. If it doesn't have any of those, it'll go to an open Wi-Fi hotspot, which Telstra has put in tons of them, which are unfortunately not encrypted at this stage. So... Be careful if you go onto one of those hotspots because anyone can steal your data and read your web mail and your um, email and your passwords and everything like Google accidentally did when they drove around their big trucks. So hmm. encrypted VPN if you're going to use wi- open Wi-Fi's people. Yes, exactly. Uh, now, I've got, a, I've got a picture to show you. Now, I know everyone's going to like this who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Oh, yes, you too. Uh, but anyway, look, I'll tell you what it's all about. There's a man 
He's played Candy Crush all day for six to eight weeks. Jeez. He's 29. So he hasn't got a job, right? <laughs> no. And a life either. He's 29 years old. Like, what's he doing? Serious? Now, a report in the JAMA, International Medicine, <laughs> Internal Medicine, J-A-M-A. Hey, JAMA, man. Oh, JAMA, Madeka. No. Now, he is... Uh, yeah, so he he he's torn his tendon in his thumb playing Candy Crush for six weeks. So he should be uh, suing King, right? That's what people do these days. <laughs> now the report. I made myself fat, so it's my it's a McDonald's fault. I injured my thumb, so I was reading recently somewhere where there was actual suit against. I think it was Nintendo because people were getting you know tendonitis and sprained hands with oh RSI and stuff from playing Nintendo games years ago and they had to pay like $10,000 out. What? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault I played this game too much. If you didn't make that thing that I was having fun with, I wouldn't have played it so much. A report in this internal medicine magazine or whatever it is describes how a right-handed man told doctors he was experiencing chronic pain in his left thumb and couldn't move it properly after playing Candy Crush on his smartphone. After being examined by experts, it emerged that this guy from California had ruptured a tendon in his thumb and would require surgery. Fair dinkum. He's played it for six. He's played all day for six to eight weeks. Yep. So what is all day? Is that like just eight hours a day? Or is that it's like not that great of a game, people? I've never played it. Maybe I, I played it for a while. I went to like, you know, level 40 or something and then got a new device and went through to like level 20 again just because I'm bored on the train and want something mindless to do while I'm sitting there. But that was the only reason I did it, not because I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's just... Because I usually listen to podcasts and I don't want to have something where you have to concentrate and think about the game. You just want something, you know, like Bejeweled or something where you just swap things around while you're listening to either music or your podcast and you don't want to concentrate on the thing. Mm. You don't want to be staring at the person that you're forced to sit opposite <laughs> in the train because you're squashed between two people and there's this other person across there and you're like, okay, I can either pretend I'm asleep <laughs> yeah. all the way home or I can play something here but I want to listen to something interesting at the same time. So Yeah, fair that's enough. That's where I think that's where these kind of games make their most money from those kind of people like me. But yeah. I don't. I haven't paid the money for it. I just no. sit there. Oh, you've run out of moves. Okay, I'll play it again in an hour or tomorrow or something. I don't care. I see there's a few games now getting advertised like on the, the major networks. Yeah, um, not it's not Game of Thrones. It's something of Thrones. Some, some, yep. something I can't remember what it is. Jeez. Not, they're not in the but um, but yeah. So it's all it's all happening. Uh, any more, uh, Jace? Yeah, a couple more. The the Obama administration hopes Silicon Valley technologists can think of a system with strong encryption that could easily be that could be pierced legally by one party without opening the door to others. This is a very bad road to go down, people. White House Cybersecurity Policy Coordinator Michael Daniels said at the annual RSA conference on, in, on security on Tuesday that he's trying to st set starting principles for a broad public discussion on the issue, which has been a major source of tension with technology companies and other cyber experts. A panel of experts convened by the administration following leaks by former U.S. intelligence agency contractor Edward Snowden called on the government to promote strong encryption 
and stop trying to subvert it by surreptitious means, arguing that the US companies would bring in less revenue overseas if privacy protections were suspect. But the White House is yet to adopt that stand, and the senior intelligence officials, including FBI Director James Comey, have faulted Apple and Google for ramping up encryption post Snowden. In a meeting with a handful of reporters, Daniel was asked whether or not he could name a respected technology figure who believed it possible and have strong encryption that could be circumvented by just one party's legal authority. I don't know any off the top of my head, he said, but if, uh, added that if any place could come up with an answer, it would be enormously creative Silicon Valley. If you put a hole in something, then everybody can go through it. Yeah. It's like, you know, lock down every door and window in your house except for the back door just in case the police have to come in and rescue you for some time. Well, it also lets everybody else in. The mm. encryption, that's a basic description of how it would work with encryption. If one person can get in there, anyone, anyone can get in there. Yeah, yeah. once it's once it's open, it's open. You, yeah. can't, you can't re... You and can't. as they said, you know, people from other countries, if they go, oh, yes, let's, why don't we go and buy this really good technology from America that only Americans can read stuff on there that we want to be private, but we'll let America read our privates. No, they're not mm. going to buy it. <laughs> no. All right. Uh, look, this might be my last one of the, of the week. Yeah. Uh, how many more you got, Jace? Couple? Did you have Just that funny one that I mentioned about Tinder. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do my funny one first and we can end on your funny one. End on um, a high note. Yes. Now, Manchester Council got the same problem as Surface Paradise. Apparently, <laughs> in Surface Paradise, the place smells like urine because people just... Schoolies. People go putting it about and just urinating wherever they feel like it. So, yeah, the place stinks. So, that what they've done in Surface, they bought in... I don't know if you ever if you saw it on the news. It was a pop bit up of a... Pop-up urinals? Yeah, a bit of a joke. Yeah, the pop-up urinals, u- urinals where uh, the, it was just like you walked... The guys walked into them and it was just like a bit of a coverage just around the, the bottom area. So, you yeah. know, you could see your... your you, the, you say your chest, your head, and the You're bottom. You're not going to see legs. too many girls squatting in the corner. <laughs> it's going to no, be guys. Right? It was all. It was built for guys. It wasn't built for girls. Yep. Anyway, that was all to try and get the the drunks to to pee into the toilet rather than just pee onto windows and all this sort of stuff. But anyway, yeah. obviously, oh, but if you're going to pee on something, it might be windows instead of macOS, right? Mm, well, yeah, and in surface. So, uh, anyway, it looks like Manchester and a few other places might have a similar problem because the Manchester Council considers plan for an anti-wee paint. (laughs) Manchester City Council, look, I I did have a little graphic here for someone that wants to have a look at the graphic. Oh, that's that thing you were showing before accidentally. (laughs) Yes, that's right. And I don't know where the, I I can't show it now. Something's happened. Oh, here it is. I just thought you had some weird fantasy going on there, but anyway. Oh, yes, an insight into my private life, yes. <laughs> now, uh, the, now, it's called Ultra Everdry. The maker claims it will completely repel almost any liquid. The paint was introduced in several public areas in Hamburg's red light district earlier this year. So what happens is if you pee on it, it bounces straight back at you. So <laughs> there you go. I don't know how that's going to work, and I don't know. But apparently, instead of it, whatever, instead, instead it's of it, aquaphobic, instead of it just running down the window, apparently it's going to bounce right back at you, like peeing. Teach you a lesson, like peeing into a southerly. You get it right back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your little one, Jace? 
Well, a bit of an embarrassing one. A long-lost brother and sister have been reunited after finding each other in an app. This would be a heartwarming story if the app wasn't Tinder and if the siblings hadn't spent time flirting before making the realisation. Eric DeVries and Josephine Egberts were separated after their parents split up in 1999. Following the messy breakup, DeVries moved in with his father and twin brother to Belgium, leaving his little sister and mother in the Dutch city of Breda. As the years passed, the siblings lost touch and did not know of each other's whereabouts. When DeVries moved back to the Netherlands to study, the 24-year-old joined Tinder in the hope of meeting a member of the fairer sex. While using the dating app, he unknowingly swiped right on the profile of his sister. The first time I swiped her profile, I had absolutely no idea, he said. To be honest, it hasn't been on my mind in the past few years after Martin, my brother, and I finished a failed search for Josephine. After receiving a match, DeVries began putting the moves on the girl. In the first conversation, I was actually flirting with her, so the conversation was very superficial. In a few, after a few conversations, details started emerging that made him suspicious of his new match. I began to wonder myself, <laughs> it can't be that I just had a Tinder match with my sister. Fearing the worst, he backed off and did not contact the girl for a few days, but then curiosity got the better of him. In the hope of discovering the truth, he got her to divulge stories about her past. With too many matching details, he soon came to realise that he was talking to his sister. After sharing his discovery, the two planned to meet in a cafe in Tilburg. When I saw him, it was suddenly clear, she said. It was so special to see my own blood brother again. The sibling's other brother, Martin, was also pleased with the bizarre turn of events. Wow. Eric and I obviously knew for years that we had a little sister. You obviously don't think about her every day, but a few years ago, we did undertake a vain quest to find her. It's too crazy for words you come into contact with each other again like this, but it also makes it very special. I'm very happy that I can still get to now to know my sister. <laughs> the mm. siblings plan on seeing much more of each other in future, just in a more conventional sense. <laughs> oh, yeah, very good. Oh, it's, a, it's a tender miracle. It's it is, yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of the only good news stories I've heard about Tinder. Save the family. Yay, yeah. Tinder. That's I did a- see something interesting. Somebody had posted that there's a, a new app come out. It's something like beards or something, and it's only for men who have beards and women who want to meet up with bearded guys. <laughs> what? Oh, that's crazy. Very stuff. specific niche there. <laughs> yes, yeah. But, but you know, like, um, it just reminds you, remember, oh, for, the, for the older listeners, the sons and daughters, when that first started, that was all about a missing brother and missing sister got together, thought they were boyfriend, girlfriend, and then parents have realized that no they're actually brother and sister uh, so let's we're quick we better we better go to the motel and break it up before anything serious happens <laughs> so anyway remember that show sons and daughters how embarrassment <laughs> i'd yes. heard of the show i haven't watched it though oh no well, you won't watch it now it's probably long gone <laughs> i think it started in about 77 or something yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a age. Ali Fowler was in it. I think she was the girl. Okay. I think yeah. so. Hmm. Anyway, uh, that's about it from me. And I think that was about it from Jace. Is, is this true, Jace? for me. All right. Good stuff. So yep, that's, that's it, it from me. That'll be, that'll be it for us this week. So don't forget to go to the show notes at aussietechheads.com.au. Navigate through to the show notes if you want to see what stories we've spoken about and you want to link through to the, the actual story and read more about it. You may may do so if you if you wish you can follow find that link in the show notes uh you grab us on itunes in the podcast directory you can grab us just about wherever podcatchers are these days so i think we're on about all of them we seem to just i don't know whatever those kids them. are using these days that's right we just seem to jump on them somehow and also don't forget the aussie max zone and uh especially next week look uh the aussie max zone guys will be talking about the apple watch they will have it 
And so we'll, we'll hear firsthand about that. And look, I might try and get one of them on the show next week to uh, give us a bit of a rundown on their their uh, experience with the Apple Watch. That might be something yeah. interesting to, to hear. All right. So until then, thanks for coming in, Jace. Good to see you again. Yeah. Keep an eye out for um, the Obsidian Life Minecraft podcast and the Old Fart Geeks. Will do, will do, and they they no, will, will won't, but <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Will's going to Linux. Oh my god, he's not going to last. Grasping at straws, right? Yeah, he won't last on Linux because what right. he wants to do. How's he going to video capture? What software yep. is he going to use? How's he going to say a Photoshop? Like he's going to use what was it called? Um, I know there's alternatives, but they're not that good. Gimp. Gimp, that's the right one, yeah. that's the one. Oh, Gimpy. Yeah, all right, good stuff. All right, if you want to join us in the Lounge Live, it's Thursdays at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. And uh, do so at aussietechheads.com.au forward slash live. All right, that's it for us this week. It's uh, been a pretty full show there tonight. Lots of stories this week, so that's excellent. All right, so until next yeah. week, it's uh, goodbye from Jace and myself. Bye-bye for now. Ta-da. See you later.